0: Hi, this is Dr. Angosima Simafuta. Catch me with Zakheles Banyoni on the health and wellness talk show every Wednesday, just after 10. It's inspiration time on VUCA Online. Welcome back uh, to VUCA Online Reading News. And, and as you know, today uh, we're talking about world hepatitis and particularly viral hepatitis uh, taking place every year, 28th July, bringing the world together under a single theme to raise awareness of the global burden of uh, viral hepatitis and influence real change, and uh, the theme uh, is hepatitis can't wait. We've been speaking to a number of experts, and on the line uh, we have uh, from the World Health Ana- uh, World Health Alliance, uh, uh, the President Elect uh, Danjuma Ada, and he is uh, with us uh, also to share and give us a, a lot, a little bit more perspective about uh world hepatitis and what we are busy with uh, quick uh, welcome to the shows man welcome to the show
1: thank you so much uh VUCA online radio i think it's a great honor to be on the show and hi to listeners everywhere every part of the region thank you so much for listening
0: excellent great thank you uh, just a quick check w- where are you based
1: I'm based in Nigeria, and in Nigeria, I am based in Taraba State. Okay. I'm it's native of Nigeria, yeah.
0: Yeah, and, and and we've been talking to people across the world about uh, this uh, uh, particularly viral hepat- uh, uh, hepatitis, and we kind of have to find now a little bit about what it is and all of that. Um, what is, uh, how does it look like from a Nigeria perspective before we even go into uh, everything else i'm sure i have lots of questions but <laughs> from a nigerian perspective how how does it look like what's the prevalence
1: now hepatitis to be honest is like a faceless disease mm. <clears throat> unfortunately i call it that way because of the lack of awareness because of the lack of information mm. because of the under reporting about hepatitis yes but unfortunately though there's that conspiracy of silence about hepatitis yet over in nigeria for example over 20 million nigerians are living with hepatitis boc yes
0: yes yes that is the enormity of this disease yeah that's a lot of people i mean i know that nigeria is a big country yeah. but 20 million is still like half of the population of South Africa where I'm talking from exactly. <laughs> so yeah. that is a lot and there's a word there about it being a burden um in in, in this instance tell, tell our listeners or maybe share with our listeners in what way is is it a burden uh, when people are not reporting or sharing uh, their illness and challenge
1: now let me say let me tell you why. In our understanding, hepatitis has been grossly underreported. Yes. One, over the years, there has been this lack of evidence to show that, to show the morbidity or what hepatitis causes. Mm. You know, first of all, hepatitis simply means inflammation of the liver. Yes. And so many things can cause the liver to be inflamed. Yes. And you know, the liver is one of the largest organs in the body. That carries out so many multifunctions in the system. Mm. The liver detoxifies the body. The liver helps metabolism. The liver helps to clean toxins. So if the liver is affected, technically the body is affected. The the liver is like like the engine of an automobile. If the engine of an automobile gets knocked, that automobile cannot move. So... When hepatitis gets into the liver, it attacks the liver cells. And gradually, over time, you know, the liver is one of the organs that is able to regenerate the liver cells. Able to like... Yeah. But when we constant attack by by the viruses, it could be viral hepatitis A. Now, viral hepatitis can be up to five different categories. A, B, C, D, and E. But like I said... Hepatitis is just inflammation of the liver. But the one we're talking about is viral hepatitis, meaning inflammation of the liver caused by viruses. You know, we have bacteria, we have germs, we have like malaria. So this one is the liver being inflamed because of virus. And in this category, we have A, B, C, D, and E. So if someone gets infected with these viruses, especially... Viral hepatitis B and C. These two are the ones that causes over 1.1 to 1.2 million deaths annually. Wow! In every 30 seconds, one person dies of hepatitis. Mm. Remember, this 1.1 million, we're talking about are human beings. It could be a father. It could be a mother, a brother, a sister to somebody. These are human beings, not cows, not dogs. So these are living beings that die because of this viral disease. And again, these deaths are avoidable and preventable because hepatitis B is preventable through safe and effective vaccine. Hepatitis C is curable through effective treatment. Now, if someone gets infected with this hepatitis it is this is another name for hepatitis is slow progressing disease of the liver sometimes it takes up to 10 15 or 20 years before the liver is unable to heal itself and the liver cells begin to develop cancer cancerous cells mm-hmm. so you now say the person has liver cancer hepatitis yeah. is the leading cause of liver cancer yeah. wow. now why it has been reported is that before now Liver, there was very little evidence to link viral hepatitis with either cirrhosis or liver cancer. Mm. If you go to the hospital, you can see in death registers, they will tell you he died of AIDS, he died of TB, he yes. died of malaria or yes. accident. But before now, you hardly have tools that will tell you that this person died of hepatitis. Mm. So the linkage between liver cancer morbidity to hepatitis, the evidence were not there. In fact, yeah. that is really one of the contributing factors to why even policymakers makers couldn't fail to make decision in, final, in, in, in trying to invest in hepatitis elimination because yeah. of that little evidence.
0: This is actually very interesting because uh, when, when, when people talk about the uh, 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 diagnosis and then eventually talk about the cause of death, particularly now in the era of COVID-19, Uh, you find that people, they they say, no, he died of COVID-19 complications. (laughs) Yet it might be that this person has been walking around uh, because I know that uh, having gone through my my own COVID uh, problems, uh, it causes inflammation and sometimes it is inflammation of the liver and all of that. So it is possible that someone who has uh, hepatitis, has been going around with it and carrying either the virus or other, other causes, and then they catch uh, COVID-19. Or oh, Does that happen or not?
1: It does happen. We have people that have hepatitis, which attacks the liver, and then now get COVID that attacks the lungs, yes. or even get diabetes that also affects the body immune system and also HIV. We have mm-hmm. patients that have comorbidity or co-infection with, all, with other chronic infections and that aggravates the person's condition because hepatitis there affects the liver and before you know it, it leads to multiple system failure and could lead to ultimate death. Now, the issue about hepatitis, as I mentioned earlier, is that the lack of diagnosis, the lack of um, testing, makes a lot of people walk around without knowing they're living with a disease that has potential to end their lives. Yeah. And because it barely shows symptoms, unlike covid for most people, they might have one or two symptoms. They might not be aware, either the flu, the cutter, whatever, or yeah. even HIV. HIV, the shortest time, someone yeah. comes out with immune problem. But yeah. hepatitis, majority of people could live for a very long time, they do not know that they have this virus. They do yeah. not know that it's gradually eating their liver cells. Yeah. They do not know that their liver is battling with the virus. So, but by the time it begins to come out to show cirrhosis or ultimately liver cancer, it might be irreversible or too late
0: to help so how would we know how uh, because i'm hearing that uh, essentially uh, what needs to happen is just like cancer uh, it is something that the the sooner you 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 know about it and the sooner you get tested the better how would you know um, as a layman that you you need to be tested
1: Thank you so much for that question. So that's why we advise people, you don't need to wait until you have symptoms. You need to seek early testing. Mm -hmm. If you go to any hospital or on a visit to any hospital, please ask your healthcare provider to run hepatitis B surface antigen testing or Mm -hmm. anti-hepatitis C testing for you. Mm -hmm. You don't need to wait until you get sick. Mm -hmm. You don't need to wait until you begin to show symptoms because in most cases, Symptoms begin to show when the liver is already being damaged or it's already having problems. Mm. That is when in most cases the symptoms begin to show. So we encourage people to have good health-seeking behavior by going to any health facility and ask their healthcare provider they want to know their hepatitis B and C status. Yeah. So yeah. ask to be tested. That is this way. That is the first step because you cannot even treat what you do not know. Yes. The, the but glister- this,
0: uh, yeah. Uh, sorry, I'm, I I I I'm, I have to interrupt here because yeah. I'm hearing something else now that's interesting here. Uh, because if I go and I ask uh, to be tested, it creates now a different uh, type of com- complexity. <laughs> there are yeah. many people. Many of us are afraid. Uh, to get tested, we are afraid of yeah. knowing the truth and as a result uh, what are the chances that as people that are listening to this, they would now go and test isn't that one now, of the big problems for you? I'll,
1: for- I'll give an example with myself mm. I'm a patient with hepatitis B I was diagnosed mm. with hepatitis B 2004 mm. I can tell you the fears, I can tell you the stick. I can tell you the first time I looked at the results and I saw I was positive, my world went blank. Wow. It seems I lost all hope. I thought because of the knowledge I had, because of my professional background, yes. I thought I was, that was the end for my life. That was the end because then hepatitis was termed as a death sentence. People that had hepatitis were told they would not live long. The liver would crash. Mm. So all sorts of fears came to my mind. And this is almost 15 years. I still live with this virus. But I can tell you it's not easy because you are living with a virus that has the potential to end your life. But you need information Mm. because if you are well informed, you avoid risky lifestyles that could further aggravate your situation. For example, knowing that I have hepatitis B has helped me to avoid high alcohol consumption. Yes. It has helped me to avoid herbal medications. Mm. It has helped me to avoid probably some lifestyle that could further aggravate my liver condition.
0: Yes.
1: Yeah? yes. So knowledge, being informed is very important to guide you in your lifestyle. For example, I knew my steroids with hepatitis B just before I got married. Yes. So that helped me to inform my partner, hey, I have this virus. So you need to be tested as well. And we got married eventually. She was negative and she had to be vaccinated. So what if I didn't know I could have transmitted the virus to her through sexual transmission? So knowing my status helped me to to protect my partner. It helped me also to live life that of course, live a healthy life that will further keep me in good shape. So the fear of unknown is normal. Every human being will feel that fear. Some yeah. people will tell you it's better they don't know. But trust me, it's better you know about hepatitis to stop you from progressing to liver cancer. Because you yes. don't want it to liver cancer. which Yes, might 20,
0: 20 million people is a lot. Thank you for that personal story. That's actually very useful. Because I think many times um, we, we think about this thing, we think about it as a disease. Um, but I think when you talk about it in this way, it actually has a human face. Uh, as well, because I think that's also part of the challenge is that uh, many times, uh, which in a sense, I suppose COVID-19 as a parallel has kind of brought as a, as a gift is that we've learned to now put faces uh, to, 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 to an illness. And remove the stigma. You're on Vogue Online Radio and uh, we are talking hepatitis and the World Hepatitis Day. And uh, we are talking to Tanjima Ada, who's the president-elect of the World uh, Hepatitis Alliance. Tell us a little bit about the World uh, Hepatitis Alliance and what are some of the initiatives that you guys are busy with? The, The World Hepatitis
1: Alliance is the largest community group. I will put it to you this way. We are the face of hepatitis. Mm. We are the people living with this disease. We are the men, the women, the brothers, the sisters that are living with this disease globally. Mm. The World Hepatitis Alliance is a membership-based group of over 300 registered members across the world. Mm. And we're in over 100 countries. It's a patient-driven organization. Mm. Now, when you hear the word patient, people always think, is someone lying critically ill? I am a patient with hepatitis B, but it doesn't mean I'm critically ill. It just means I have a chronic condition, which, of course, I'm living positively and I've, I'm living, I mean, a very happy life positively. Yeah, I may have my fears, I may have my challenges as an individual. I wish I could rid myself of this virus. I wish I could. But however, living with chronic disease conditions helps you to know. Inform on how to manage your life. So, the World Hepatitis Alliance head office is in Geneva, our operation office in London. So, we have members in almost every sub, in fact, sub South Saharan Africa have one of the largest members, but it's unfortunate we have very few members in Southern Africa. And I use this opportunity to call on individuals, organizations, patient groups. It could be HIV. Mm-hmm. My, my charity organization started with HIV, mm-hmm. but when I tested positive to hepatitis B, we decided to join the World Hepatitis Alliance, but that has not stopped us from doing HIV work because there's a lot of connection between that. So we're calling on NGOs, patient groups, civil society, or even community groups in Southern Africa to look at the possibility of joining the World Hepatitis Alliance. You will have opportunity to learn, opportunity to network, to share experience, and to help in building your capacity and systems. And I am the president elect, the first from Africa, and it will be a great opportunity to have Africans join us, so that together we can fight this monster, the hydro-headed monster called viral hepatitis in our region. Because we have the highest burden of hepatitis in the world. One of the highest burden. Almost 100 Africans are living with hepatitis.
0: Yeah.
1: 89 million live with hepatitis B. And about, 20, about 19 million with hepatitis C. It's yes. yeah. a very big burden in the region of Africa.
0: Yeah, nine out of 10 people uh, are walking around with hepatitis and they don't know it. And globally, 290 million men, women and children uh, have this, unless we have a massive scale up, like the conversation we are having now, screening, diagnosis and linkage to care, it will continue to spread, leading to an estimated 76 million new infections. This is what I'm reading on that on the website, hepatitisalliance.org. I think this is the place for you to go. And I think what I like uh, about the website, uh, Danjuma, is the fact that there are also personal stories like you've just yeah. shared now uh, yeah. with people who actually are, are, are living uh, with uh, with the virus, one last, uh, one last, maybe one or two two last questions because we ran, we've run, we've run out of time technically. Uh, but that this is always interesting for me to kind of share this information. Uh, the one thing that's fascinating for me uh, is the cost of treatment uh, in this instance. How, 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 what would you say about the cost of managing an, an illness uh, like viral hepatitis?
1: Now, thank you for that question. That also depends on the context and the country because it differs from one country to the other. I I could tell you in Nigeria, it is out of pocket because there's no hepatitis funded program Mm. and no health insurance covering hepatitis. Mm. So that is a big burden to people, especially living under $1, $2 per day. And you see, that is also one of the drivers of self-medication and self-help by so many people because they are not insured under the healthcare system they now resort to self-help. And that further compounds their problem. Mm. Someone is having hepatitis, he goes to the hospital because he or she cannot afford the diagnosis and treatment. He Mm. goes to alternative care. They Mm. harbor medications or Mm. self-help. And these people now come down with liver complications within a few years. Mm. So it is context specific Mm. and it depends on regions and countries. In some regions and countries, there, is, there could be health insurance or there could be funded programs. But the majority of African countries, there are, there are very little or no government-funded hepatitis programs. So patients very, very unfortunately are left to their fate yeah. to take care of themselves and to fend for their treatment. And that wow. is a very big driver to, to loss to follow up. People start treatment, they can't complete it. Or people now resort to self-help, or people now do all sorts of things just because they need they need cure. For, for, for people that have comorbidity with HIV, the Global Fund, I think, is providing help for them. But for people that are mono-infected, that is, infected only with hepatitis, unfortunately, there's very little funding in terms of diagnosis and treatment, almost across the entire African region.
0: And we'll talk about the call to action just now as we, as we wrap up. I think the last thing for me, uh, from my side, that's also uh, fascinating. Um, I mean, you spoke, you spoke about it being curable uh, and also um, preventable. I know that uh, uh, at least in, 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 in this country, uh, people get a, 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 a vaccine uh, right at the beginning when they're young, when, when they are when they're children. And, and uh, as a result, uh, it might be preventing. But my, the question that I'm asking is with so many people uh, getting hepatitis, does that mean the vaccine doesn't work? Um, what's, what's happening? Oh, is Are people not vaccinated? Are many people not vaccinated like we are? Since 2017, we are proud to associate ourselves with some of the best jazz music in the country and the continent. Mm-hmm. and many others. This year, we are at it again, so we invite musicians, music companies, radio stations, jazz clubs to nominate yourselves and those who deserve recognition. Visit www.zajazzawards.co.za, then come and join us. Whether online or face-to-face, come and celebrate, venerate and recognize jazz with us for the Mzansi Jazz Awards. See you there. You're listening to Vuga Online,
1: broadcasting worldwide online twenty
0: four seven. Welcome back uh, to Vuga Online Radio, and uh, we are talking to uh, President Elect for the World Health Alliance and Tanjuma uh, Ada. Uh, now, the question I was asking as we start wrapping up um, the. In my country, what what happens is people get vaccinated uh, when they are very young uh, for hepatitis and, and and all of that. The question becomes: Is that a global practice or is that um, a more regional policy practice? Why I'm asking is uh, with the numbers that you're talking about, it 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 makes me wonder how does the vaccine work. Uh, in in, in in the in the world.
1: All right. Thank you. I think prevention of mother-to-child transmission of hepatitis B probably is one of the greatest opportunities to prevent new infections with hepatitis. Mm. It is a WHO recommendation that all pregnant women should be tested at least once in their in their antenatal during antenatal care. Mm. Now babies who are infected from mothers at child have 90% chance of developing chronic hepatitis. Mm-hmm. And 25 to 30% of these babies will eventually die from liver cirrhosis or liver cancer later mm-hmm. on in life. Mm-hmm. And that is why prevention of mother to child transmission of hepatitis B is one of the greatest pillars of having children born without hepatitis. It is a WHO requirement that all babies born should be vaccinated with a monovalent vaccine within 24 hours of birth.
0: Yeah.
1: That is a WHO recommendation, yeah. and uh, now the challenge—the question now becomes: What about women who don't deliver in either hospitals, who now deliver in at private homes or traditional, other traditional birth attendants? What is it? What will they do? That is why it is important for community groups and mediums like yours to educate the public yeah. that please women should access care through skilled attendants and probably public health areas where these vaccines are available. Now, another new evidence is showing that, apart from the birth dose vaccine, the mothers themselves need to be on what is called prophylaxis treatment to reduce their risk of transmitting hepatitis to the babies. What does it mean? If a woman is tested positive to hepatitis B during antenatal, she will be further tested for what is called hepatitis B, hepatitis B envelope antigen. If she's positive, in her third trimester, she will be placed on tenofovir prophylaxis. is a treatment, antiviral treatment, that will reduce the viral load so that the chances of the woman transmitting the virus to her baby at birth is minimized, reduced significantly. So the woman receives that treatment as a preventive measure, and the baby is, re- is given the vaccine at birth. So the two combined interventions, could help to have babies born without hepatitis all over the world. But unfortunately, in Africa, the coverage of birth dose vaccine is very, very poor. Yes. In fact, in some countries, some countries in Africa have not even initiated a birth dose vaccine. That is very discouraging. So it is our call, and my call as an individual and and the World Hepatitis Alliance, asking governments or citizens who are listening that take, ask for it. If you're a pregnant woman, you need to be tested for hepatitis B when you, when you go for antenatal. And you need to be, if you're positive, you need to get further inter- interventions. And your baby should receive the birth dose vaccine within 24 hours
0: of birth. Yeah. That's the call to action there on the World Hepatitis Day to get yourself tested and make sure that you, 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 you know awareness is key. What would be your call action to policymakers uh, very quickly, uh, As well. My
1: call to action is that, unfortunately, Africa, we have seen very poor, politi- we've seen some measure of political will, but we've seen very poor commitment in financing hepatitis elimination. Yes. There can be no hepatitis elimination if there's no financing in healthcare system yes. to improve diagnostics. And then to improve systems in the health system. For example, people need to be diagnosed with the viral load before they get treatment. Yeah. We can domesticate the production of these drugs. Rwanda is doing very well. Egypt has shown good example of local initiative to produce hepatitis C drugs. Our leaders in Africa can do this. So let the citizens begin to call our leaders to action, hold them accountable. This, let me tell you this. In Geneva, our leaders signed up to the elimination of hepatitis goal. They also signed up to the UN High Declaration of Integrating Hepatitis into Universal Health Coverage. So it is a fundamental right of every citizen to get tested, to get treatment, and to get diagnosis as it went due. So governments should live up to their responsibility to the citizens by ensuring that in the context of, you know, we are faced with a lot of economic challenges, a lot of socioeconomic issues. You don't expect someone to go and be spending $200 when he's supposed to find bring food to the table. So health insurance should be a key and funded programs could, could also be a strategy to reduce burden that people face in accessing care. So domestic financing, increased commitment by our policymakers and government could go a long way to eliminate hepatitis. But to the citizens, don't wait until you get free testing own your health, take responsibility over your health, go to the hospital, ask to be tested. If you're negative, get vaccine, But if you're positive, please get skilled, competent healthcare provider to guide you appropriately.
0: And that's a really great note to leave it on. uh, T- Tanjuma other president-elect of World Hepatitis Alliance. You can get them, you can reach them at www.worldhepatitisalliance.org. And uh, they have a lot of information there uh, around the resources and what is viral hepatitis and other uh, other stuff. And for those who are listening and who want to contribute to the course, I think you can even donate uh, on that website. Uh, Tanjuma, thank you so much, man. Thank you for sharing uh, your story. Thank you for sharing your your wisdom. And congratulations on your appointment and good luck. And hopefully we talk again soon to see how you are doing.
1: Thank you so much. Thanks, listeners.
0: Thanks for the opportunity to speak Excellent. Here. More music, more inspiration. Vura Online.